what's going on, everybody? Welcome to another edition of Philly Four Core Press. I'm your host, Big T. Will. I got my man, always ride with me, producer extraordinaire, Mr. Nat Marlowe. And yo, listen, we're just here to talk about your Philadelphia 76ers, bring some insight to you, bring some logic to you, give you some real talk and nothing fluff about it. And um, we're going to see how, how that works. That's all. That's all we do. We just sit here and do what we do. And the Sixers are definitely doing what they're doing. Uh, since we've uh, last recorded the trade deadline, they've had two games. And they were down 26 points at one in one of those games at half. Coming out also playing the, the uh, faithful New York Knicks, the Knickerbockers, taking over the Wells Fargo Center, which happens. You know, that, that's one of the things that I, I'm already accustomed to and used to. Nick fans taking over Wells Fargo Center. Sixer fans taking over uh, MSG. It, that's one of the things that happens, and it's a it's a nice rival, Philly, New York. It's an easy easy distance, easy travel to get to, and um, it's always a fun game. That was the game that we uh, finally saw Mr. Kyle Lowry in, and you know his homecoming. He gets six stitches across the forehead. I, don't, I can't imagine that was how he uh, envisioned it, but that sometimes things happen like that. So in this game, you know, the Sixers got uh, eaten up by, uh, I, I'm going to say, by the backcourt and the bed. Bonjanovic had 22. Brunson had 21. Uh, D. uh he had 16. And that was like a homecoming for him and Brunson. Achua had 18. They, they got eaten up down low. Josh Hart, home, homecoming for him. Villanova Pride, 18. That's a lot of points to let Josh Hart score. I'll be honest with you. So the Sixers just didn't have it. Um, they shot 44% from the field. Uh, they shot 34% from three-point, 85% from the line. And they only had 38 rebounds. And if Embiid's in there, that's probably like 58 or 68 rebounds. So, you know, they were lacking. They were lacking a lot of areas. And you're not going to win a game with 18 turnovers. I think this is one of the highest marked games that they had with the most turnovers with 18. And they gave up 54 points in the paint. So it's telling. It's not good without Joel Embiid. And we said this many of times. When you watch this team with Joel Embiid, you just hold your breath and hope for a win. We have to put this talk about putting Joel Embiid to the side and trading him and this and that. That talk is nonsense, and it has to stop. It has to stop because it just it's just another another example of what this team looks like without Joel Embiid. So moving on, they had the uh, Cavaliers. Cleveland Cavaliers came into town. And the Cleveland Cavaliers are number two in the East. Number two in the East, the Cleveland Cavaliers. They come in, and the Sixers got their shit together, and they played and executed, and they won 104-97. It was a good win. Good win. It was one of those games where the Sixers were leading, and the Cavs kept coming back, and the Sixers kept uh, holding them off. Maxie stepped up in the fourth quarter, big time. 
because he had 11 points going in the fourth quarter, and he ended up with 24. So he did what he had to do. Uh, Kane Payne came off the bench, did, you know, he gave buckets. That's what you needed. He dropped 16 in 20 minutes. He was instant offense. Oubre struggled, but it's okay. Matt uh, Harris, I'm not even really going to entertain that because Tobias Harris got destroyed on social media after that Knicks game, and he's got, he got destroyed for the Cavs game. You know his his mark and output does not match his contract, and we've known that since day one. There's 27 games left. We have 27 games left before the playoffs. And hey, we're going to go through the playoffs and probably get knocked out in the second round. And then we have no more Tobias Harris's contract issue. Someone asked me, would I bring Tobias Harris back? It would have to be on a uh, team-friendly, probably veteran minimum deal. That's where I'm at with Tobias Harris. I need his money to... Go get the players that Nat and I talked about on the last episode. Paul Reed just we, we're not even gonna get to that as well. But Paul Reed had a nice defensive block late in that game. So overall, the Sixers are one and one right now, coming out of the break without the big man. And they're gonna end this weekend with Doc Rivers and the Milwaukee Bucks on a Sunday matinee. Now, when Doc Rivers' name gets announced as the Milwaukee Bucks head coach, and that building of 20,000 fans, strong, are they going to cheer, boo, or is it going to be 50-50? When they come into the Wells Fargo Center, you know they're going to boo. There's no way it's going to be 50-50. It's going to be 100% (laughs) boos. You, You know that for a fact going in. Look, who's going to cheer for them? I just want to know who at that point. Let's say it's 99%. Or let's say I'm we're wrong and it's not going to be 100%, 100% fans booing them. Who is cheering for them? Because Lord knows I'm not. <laughs> Yo, it's going, to, it's, going to be, it's going to be ruckus down there. You know, Sunday, after, Sunday afternoon NBA basketball is always great. You know, it fills that void when I have football. And, you know, we're coming down into the home stretch. These are when the games matter. And it's fun because you got NBA on ABC, NBA uh, all day, and you got NBA on ESPN late night. So it's going to be for sports fans who can just transition into the next next sporting event. This is this is always fun. It's a good time. Doc Rivers is going to get booed miserably. Doc Rivers might get booed more than Ben Simmons got booed when he came back with Brooklyn. Doc Rivers was also the uh, Eastern Conference coach for the NBA All-Star team who played Tyrese Maxey. People were questioning why Doc Rivers didn't play Maxey in the fourth. Maxey had a good game. Doc knows. Listen, let Tyrese got his got his shine, put Tyrese on the bench, not get injured, and get home back to his city and play. That was the reason. It wasn't that he didn't want Maxey to go off. He, he actually was protecting Maxey. And I appreciate that because that all-star game was trash. Now, there was no skill involved. All they're doing was shooting threes. We missed the days of uh, 2002, 2008, 2003, those, those games. 
where they actually played D in the fourth quarter. They played D actually most of the game. They, they took pride in what they did. There's no pride right now. You know, they're just out there hooping, throwing up threes, seeing who can shoot from the longest point of the court. It's no skill. Trey Young didn't nutmeg Kevin Garnett. Though. I mean, uh, I was with Kevin Garnett. I'm thinking of the past. Ke- uh, Kevin Durant. He nutmegged the shit out of him. And that shit was funny. But that's what we need in the All-Star game. We need stuff like that. KD actually trying to guard Trey Young, which was funny in itself. People don't know, though. Trey Young took a picture with KD when he was like uh, a young team with braces. When KD was already coming in the league. And now Trey Young gets the chance to nutmeg his idol. It comes full circle around the, uh, this NBA circle when you want to get in. It's funny. So Doc Rivers comes back to Wells Fargo Center with the Bucks, And when the Bucks fired their coach, the Bucks were in first place. And they, were, they didn't look good, but they were in first place. Kind of like our Eagles. Our Eagles didn't look good, but they were in first place for a while. The Bucks come in since Doc Rivers took over. They're four and six their last ten games. They're nine games behind the Boston Celtics. And they're in the third seed. That Doc Rivers effect is, is strong. We've seen it here in Philly. Boston looks like the best team in the league right now. Hands down. Yeah, of course it pains me to say that, but it is what it is. The Celtics are 45 and 12. They're 9 and 1 their last 10. And they look like they're unstoppable. They got the right pieces, the right asset, the right trade pe- uh, pick, uh, people that they picked up. They picked up Perzingis in the beginning of the year. They got Drew Holiday, who Nat and I won it badly. And wherever Drew Holiday goes, he just wins. He fits. He's a guy that could fit in any situation, any NBA team in this league. And he would have been a perfect fit here back home in Philly. Where he got drafted. And also, who was the first trade piece of the starting of the process? Think about that. Process come full circle with Drew Holiday coming back. And you still potentially could have got Kyle Lowry in the backcourt. Kyle Lowry's not going to do much. He's, he's going to be a, uh, a coach's player. He already said it. They traded for a coach's player. Basically what it was. So the Sixers are in 50. They got to hold on. They got to hold on between this you know, four, five, and six with a, for another three weeks. It's a, tr- it's a tough stretch. You know, it doesn't get any easier for the Sixers. They got Milwaukee. They got they got go up to Boston. They got an easy layup game with the Charlotte Hornets. Then they got to go out to Dallas. They got to go to Brooklyn. Brooklyn's playing strong. And then they have the Grizzlies at home. And if I want to keep, if I want to continue, they get the Pelicans. 
And the Pelicans are no joke right now. So they got to hold on. They got to hold on until the big man gets back. Nat, telling you that stretch right there, it's going to be tough to hold on to that fifth seed, that fifth seed spot. Yeah. You're you're sandwiched in between the Knicks and the Magic. That's going to be tough for any team. And with this Philadelphia 76ers team, it, you know, I think this could be a play-in team. Like, I just don't see them holding on to the fifth seed. I don't see them holding on to the sixth seed. I see them as the play-in team with Joel and beat out. They're, when, when you put all of your faith into Joel and B the way this 76ers team is, that's just, that's just how it is. That's just how it's constructed. With him out, they're a play-in team. They're not gonna make they're not gonna make a serious run. It's not like Miami who was a play-in team who had a bunch of dogs around them that didn't but they didn't they weren't invested in one superstar alone. Yeah, they had Jimmy Butler, but can you really consider him a superstar? I don't consider him a superstar the way I see Joel Embiid as a superstar. Nah, Ma- Miami set that up though. You know, remember we we t- we discussed that. Miami Miami knew what matchup was better for them. And you can't change my mind that they tanked that get into the playing playing seed to play Milwaukee and Boston because they knew they matched up better with them. Right. But the way this Philadelphia 76ers team is constructed, you can't realistically expect them to copy that formula and have it be successful. It just can't happen with the way this team is, especially with them beat out. No, they're two different teams. I agree with you. They're two different teams. They're they're constructed differently. And, you know, Spolster is the best coach in the East, no matter where where his team is, whether they're eight, whether they're two, wherever they are, one through eight, Spolster is always going to have that. That Miami culture thing is real. So he's always going to have them ready and prepared for battle. So, you know, and, and this is Nick Nurse's first time around, you know, first season. So we're going to see how prepared for battle we are going for it. Hey, look, man, grab your drinks, you know, put your feet up. This is Philly Full Court Press. I'm Big T Will. We'll be back after these quick commercial breaks. Hey, Vito's. Hey, yo. One, two, steak. Hold hey, on. Hey, cheese steak. Cheese steak. Coming on. Coming on. What? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yo, we got burgers. You want some burger? What does he want? A burger? Get the cheese steak. Yeah, yeah. Get the cheese steak. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They both should forget about it. Drop the phone. What? What do you want? Cheese steak? Do you want a burger? Hey, what's he want? Burger. Hey, Pop. He wants a cheese steak and a burger on one bun. What does he want? We do that. We don't do that. We don't. We don't do that. Get exclusive player photos, team videos, and more with the official Sixers mobile app. Download the app for free at sixers.com slash app. Hey, it's Cuz hanging on the full court press. I love this podcast, my man T. Will. And let me tell you, is there anything better than basketball and some primo hoagies? I'm sorry. It's the greatest, all right? So I get my full court press, and I get my primo, and then I watch my 10, 9, 8, 76ers. It's the greatest in the world. Let me tell you about Primo Hoagies using only the finest Thuman meats and cheeses made fresh to order. All right. They got that seeded roll 
which is the key to the sandwich. See, the roll of the bread, it's always about to fall off your bread, always about it. And that bread is baked fresh in store every couple hours. I'm telling you, it's the key to an amazing sandwich. I've known Primo's since they were the original on Britain Street, now over 80 locations across the Delaware Valley alone. It is the greatest, and it's why I've always said it's not just a hoagie. Uh-uh. It's a Primo. So do yourself a favor when you're watching ball. Make sure you go to primohogies.com. Look for the nearest incredible Primo and uh, get yourself some heaven. What's going on, y'all? This is Devon Givens, and you're listening to my man T. Will on the Full Court Press. Make sure you stay locked in. Great information. Yeah, y'all, welcome back. Philly's Full Court Press, Big T. Will, Nat Marlowe. And, uh, you know, we, we, we talked about the buyout, Nat, and, uh, on, on social media. And, you know, our, our friend said to us that one of the players on the buyout list, we can't, we can't get him back because we, we, we traded him and let him go. And, and I said, well, the buyout list didn't come from us. It came from... NBA Rumorville, so you have to let them know that it's not possible for the Sixers to uh, fill that need with um, Furkan Korkmaz, who's on the buyout list. Well, how many people think, are going to be on board with a with a Furkan Korkmaz victory tour? I would <laughs> just just <to> <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> all no, right, I'll, I'm, I'll let I'm you. Kidding. I'll let you be a part of that tour. <laughs> yeah, that was for Mark. That was for Mark Farzetta. You know, everyone likes that that one guy that you know is absolutely awful, and and Furkan's my guy. I'll be but, the merch guy for that tour. Furkan will be the headliner. You yeah. guys will be the opener. I'll just be the merch guy. So if you want merch? Just come to me for that. That that's all I do. <laughs> there you go. There you go. I mean, no, I wouldn't want Furkan back, but um. Nat, do you have that list that we posted on social media? Uh, yeah, give me a minute and I can find it. All right. So, well, I mean, one of the names that everyone that I saw that responded to that, they wouldn't mind having Robin Lopez because we don't have a real true backup for Embiid. I'll be honest with you. I don't think Robin Lopez fits. You know, I, I don't think he fits. I, I honestly, I want Mook back. I want, I want uh, Marcus Morris back if he didn't get picked up yet, and I haven't seen anything that he did. I know that uh, the Timberwolves were interested, but I want, I want Mook back. A- anyone off that list? Yeah, Robin Lopez. It's just that would be a move more so for need as opposed to. A true fit. Like, just because you need a backup center doesn't mean that particular backup center is going to fit. Mm-hmm. Like, I could I could see in a different year Robin Lopez fitting with this team, but not this season. I, I, I just don't see that. Other names on there, Ish Smith, Kevin Knox, Corey Joseph, 
Uh, Danny Green, I can't do another Danny Green tour again. And I love Danny I'm Green. I'm telling you right here. now. I'm telling you right now. I and I put it out there jokingly, but the more and more this this thing just sits around like this, I wouldn't be surprised if Danny Green came back. He's been working out. He's working. He's staying close to the organization. And when he was cut, he was devastated. And they and he said, you know. Down the road, if there's a roster spot, he'd like to come back. And the Sixers said they would have him back. I wouldn't be shocked if Danny Green came back. I I wouldn't say I'd be shocked. I'd be surprised. And as much as I love Danny Green, I just don't see him as a fit for this team anymore. He was a perfect oh, yeah, fit. I agree. The, he was a perfect fit the final year the Sixers had Ben Simmons, the year they lost to the Hawks. And I thought he still fit the the year he got that injury. And we were we were worried that was going to be the end of his NBA career. So right. I would love to see him back that like one more go at it with the Sixers. But again, like Robin Lopez, I just don't see him fitting with this squad the way it's constructed. But then again, realistically, I don't know who you could get that could elevate the Sixers to the next level. I just don't think, I just don't think no matter what you do, it's, it, it's unrealistic. To raise your expectations heading into the playoffs based on what you can do with who's available and who you can actually get. There's a guy on this list that I I always wanted because he's just a marksman of a shooter. But injury has caught up to him. And, you know, he he's 32 years old now, but he's still a career 43% from three. And, you know, he's just a – he could come in rotationally, give you 12, 14 minutes, and knock down three threes. And that's Joe Harris. You know, Daryl Morey's sitting around putting a lot of uh, shooters around Joel Embiid and, you know, hoping when Embiid comes back, I can kind of see the vision. You know, you got Buddy Heald. uh, You got Nico Platoon. You got Kelly Oubre, you got De- you got uh, Anthony Melton. You know, there, there's four quality shooters right there, and they all can make their foul shots. And that's important because when you get to the when you get in the playoffs and the game gets squeezed, it's going to come down to you know one or two uh, opportunities on offense, a defensive stop, and making your foul shots. And all those guys, including Joel Embiid, can make their foul shots. So you got those shooters around, you know, the big man when he comes back. Why not add another? And that's why I said I wouldn't be surprised if Danny Green came back because Danny Green could wear that corner three out. We know that. But Joe Harris is an interesting name for me because he's another knockdown shooter. He's another knockdown shooter. And I wanted him back when he was in his, you know, 20, 26, 27. I know he's 32 now. But Daniel House was 30, and he struggled. He struggled to be a 3-and-D guy here. What do you think, Nat? Joe Harris. Yeah, I think Joe Harris would be a fit. Um, Probably on the list of the people that are on that buyout list, probably the fit for the team. But again, I think even if you acquire Joe Harris, you still got to temper expectations a little bit with the way the team is constructed now and what they can do next season. I mean, this offseason for the Philadelphia 76ers is going to be huge. 
Huge. So, yeah. Huge. So I'm, I'm already in off-season mode because even if they do get in the playoffs and even if they do make it past the first round, what exactly are they going to do in the second round depending on the matchup? They're going to get bounced. Yeah, we've seen it it time and time again. We expect this roster to make it past the second round? I don't see it. No, I don't. And and listen, if we had Nick Nurse, if the Sixers had Nick Nurse last season, I think they'd get past Boston. Yeah, they would probably finish that series in six games. And we could be talking about the Sixers getting back to the Eastern Conference Finals right now. But it's all up to the big man. It's all up to the big man, how he returns from this meniscus. I'm glad he got it done. He should have got it done at the end of last year because he played through it last year. I I don't understand the think the thought process of our our staff, our medical staff here in the city, and that goes for all all the sports teams. Agreed. That goes for all the sports teams. I'm not just talking about the the Sixers medical staff, the Eagles medical staff, the Flyers. The Phillies, the Union, they they all just make some just bonehead decisions. This is what I wonder. We have people come here to be some of the best doctors in the entire world, but we can't get some of those doctors on our Philadelphia sports team's medical staff. They, they some of them are. That's the funny part. Some of them are the the trained specialists that come here. To be those specialists that, that get involved with our, our medical sports staff teams. I mean, it's like, don't be afraid to make the decision. You know, make the decision for what's right for for the future of the team. Not for right now. That's why I'm I'm glad I'm glad someone finally made a decision. Like, yo, MB, just get this done. It's a 30-day, 60-day rehab. You know, you'll be back on your feet. By uh and by mid March, going into April and May for the playoffs, and let's see what we got. You know, not for nothing, Nick Nurse could surprise us. If B comes back fully healthy, and let's say he stays healthy past game ninety two, and nothing freak in, in another freak injury happens, might have something. But I'm not going. Listen. My expectations are not high, and I'm not going to get too high. I'm not going to get sucked in, as as they they say on 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 Twitter, and on on all the other social me, uh, media outlets. I'm not going to get sucked in. I said I'll, I'll say this again. I'm on record. I've said it earlier. This is going to be a fun season, which it has been. They're going to be in a lot of games, which they have been, and they're going to be exciting to watch during the regular season. And so far, they have. It's all about the playoffs. It's all about the playoffs. And that Sixer fatigue is real based on the comments a few fans make that we can see on social media. I'm one of them. I've said it right here on this podcast. Yeah, you've had it. You've had it for a while. You've had it for a while. I've had it. I think I lost my broke my break point was the the Hawks series I think. That was my breaking point. I think I I went into a different person during that Hawks series. And then I just realized that I just got to wait to see it happen. Yeah, I've had ebbs and flows with it. Like 
we're kind of the opposite in the regard where the way you viewed this season, I viewed the season after they got bounced by the Hawks. I said, all right, this isn't this isn't the team to do it. And so I may have watched like three regular season games all year at that point. And then once they were down 2 nothing to Miami, Miami, I said, all right, nope. Even when they tied it up, I said, nope, they can't do it. It was interesting last year. Game six, four minutes left. Sixers up with the ball. And you got James Harden, Joel Embiid on the court. Yeah, they could have finished it out. They were up 3-2, and they caught Jason Tatum shooting one for 11 that game. Then he hits that second three. All bets were off at that point. That was just all Boston from there on out. Listen, that was some people's breaking point. You know, they had just had it a year late. That's all. That's all. And, and And it sucks, Nat. It sucks as a fan to have those moments and then have to go back and, and think about it. I, I I still think through this process, and I was talking to a uh, an official who was coaching uh, a youth game that I was coaching, and uh, I had my Sixers sweatshirt on, and he comes up to me, he goes, oh, Jonah Bolden fan. And I started laughing. And he says to me that Jonah Bolden was the sixth man for the uh, year the Kawhi Leonard shot. Toward, uh, double doing. I had to set him straight in that. I said, you're, you're, Jordan Bolden was never a six man. You know, we had Bellinelli, Ilyasova, JJ Redick, uh, uh, Jimmy Butler, Simmons, and B on, you know, on that team. Jordan Bolden was more like a 10th man. I remember covering him when he was in the G League with the Blue yeah. Coats. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I, I told him, I said, you were, you're, you're late. The year prior to that, Bolden got a couple minutes run, but he wasn't nothing. And I tell you right now, through this whole process situation, I think that team with the double doing Kawhi game was the best shot they've had to get a championship. And I, I, it still, it, it, it pains me to see that over and over again, and be cutting off Simmons. And then trying to get out there on Kawhi. When they get the ball passed in at the top of the key. And Kawhi dribbles around to the corner. I mean that was just poor, poor, poor angle by Embiid. And you could have you cut that off and doubled Kawhi and didn't let him get to the corner. Yeah, that Sixers team was legitimately the best team. A little young, but team. in terms of how it was constructed compared to all these other teams we watched years later. That's still right. the best one. And I had, You're right. That and, is the one that had the best chance. And, and you know, as, as much as I did not like Brett Brown, he did not coach a bad series that game, that series. And it was against Nick Nurse, obviously, which is funny. And, that, you know, that, that hurts. I mean, we could go down. The Eagles, that Tampa Bay game, by far still the worst, worst feeling I've ever had as an Eagles fan. That Rondé Barber pick, and that, that that right there, that that's one of those memories that's never going to leave me. Sick feeling. Flyers getting shellacked by Detroit. What was that, 97? Yeah. Oh, God, the Flyers had a great team that year. And, and they just did not show up in the finals. That, that hurt. 
I think, uh, of course, Phillies, Ryan Howard, Achilles, St. Louis, that hurt. Because the Phillies were far the best team. They were the better team that year. They just could not hit. They couldn't, for some reason, the bats were quiet. That one hurt more than the Joe Carter in 93 down the foul line off of Mitch Williams to win the World Series. And then the Union, we could just go back, what was it? Was it last season or season before? The year the Phillies made the World Series, so 2022. They were right there, and then they blow it, blow the championship game. Right. back. It was a back-to-back game they blew, right? And the, the, new, uh, the new Philadelphia team, the Water Dogs, they blow their championship game. How did he even think about them? Yes, you're right. You're right. Nat, tell the people before we sign off about the Water Dogs. Who are the Water Dogs? They're one of two Philadelphia lacrosse teams. Yes, we have two in this city, two completely different leagues. I'm pretty sure it's two completely different leagues. But yeah, they made, of course, they make it to the championship game and they blow it. They had a lead in the last couple minutes, blow it. It was under two minutes, wasn't it? Yep, I think they had a two-goal lead. They blow it. It goes to overtime. And they lost in overtime. Yep. Yeah, I did I did see that. I did see that. So look, man, listen. When we tell you we're Philly full court press and we and we uh and we cover six we we watch our city's sports teams. We're we're invested. We're invested. And just like you guys are invested in the Sixers and invested in this podcast. We have to give you guys the real. So when the Sixers suck, we suck. We tell tell you. We're not going to give you no fluff. This upcoming season is all on Daryl Morey. They got a game this weekend against the Milwaukee Bucks. There's no, to me, there's no passion in this game. Nothing. Because there's no one B. They're going to fight. They're going to play hard. And we're going to have to see what it comes down to in the fourth quarter with four minutes left. Sixers really don't get blown out of too many games. So I appreciate that. Even though they were getting they're getting trashed by the Knicks, they fought back. So, you know, there's always hope. There's always hope. Nat, final thoughts, man, on the uh this upcoming stretch with the Sixers and uh the big man's knee. Final thoughts, it's okay to be a diehard fan and to temper expectations. That t- having your expectations tempered doesn't mean you're any less of a fan. It doesn't mean you're not rooting for the team. No. It's just being objective and being realistic about everything, and that's okay. Like I'm not going to say you're less of a diehard because of it. That'll probably make you even more of a diehard because you're not looking at it through blue goggles alone. Right. Right. Absolutely right. I agree. Listen, my, my final thoughts here is... Just hang the hell on. You know, hang on. That's all you guys do. Hang on. Play, play D, play hard, and just hang on. Big man will be back. You know, he's probably going to need uh, three, four games to get back into shape. And, and everyone who's cooking Tobias Harris continue to cook his ass because he deserves it. You only have you a little bit more hook. time left. Don't worry. <laughs> Just wait yeah, it out. <laughs> It'll all be over soon. <laughs> you ain't lying. Yo, I'm your host, Big T Will. That's my man, Nat Marlowe. 
This is Philly Full Court Press. We appreciate you, mother fathers. Stay close with us, and we'll be dropping another episode soon. Peace. What's up, everyone? This is Mike O'Connell from Philly Full Court Press. You can find Full Court Press on any streaming podcast platforms. Follow Full Court Press on Twitter, at Full Court 76, and Instagram, at Full Court Press 76. If you have any questions for us or for the staff, email us at fullcourtpress76 at gmail.com. As always, we thank you so much for the support, and we truly appreciate it.